0: I'm sure, glad you're here. Is that you, Bo? I tell you, that young man is a blessing to me. He helped build this church. And I appreciate seeing you this morning. What a blessing you are. Bobby, would you shut up? <laughs> I'm trying to have a moment here, Bobby. <laughs> Hallelujah. Good seeing you. Good seeing each and every one of we bless you in Jesus' name. Well, are you ready for today? Yes. Hallelujah. Well, I tell you what, as you know, we've been studying the fruit of the Spirit, and we got to love, and we've been on love for a few months, and we got to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and today we're in verse 7. And as you know, the Word of God says in verse 7, love bears all, love believes all, love hopes and all, and love endures all. And we've been studying this word by word, and I'd like to just give you all four of them today. But I tell you what, we need to study this word, love bears all, or I put it just in plain English. Love puts up with it all. You ever have somebody or know some situations where you just felt you just had to put up with it? Love puts up with it all. And you may say, well, I have a lot of trouble in that area. We'll join the crowd. But thank God we're growing and we're going to learn to grow. and We're going to learn some things today that will help really help us because even with the most difficult situations and difficult people, it's the biggest opportunities to know to Christ in a different way. I want to share something with you. Do you know that the latest study, 98% of the Christians say they have their identity in Christ? But the truth is the position is in Christ, but their identity is in their pain. 98% of believers have their identity and their past and their pain and what they're going through and what they've been through. Only 2% have got some areas of their life okay. And I sure would like to shake hands with a few of them, but I'm not one and I don't know any real good except my wife. goes on to say, the study says, that 82%... Of Americans are emotionally drained and tired. It says that and unhealthy. Twenty-four percent have minor to major mental problems, and fifty-eight percent have mild to moderate problems. And so if you're wondering what's going on in this world, well, guess what? This world is full of a lot of difficult people, and we're gonna if if it's ninety-eight percent in the church, that's not counting the world. Can you imagine sometimes what we got to put up with? Or what you have to put up with? Amen. And you know, I I talk to people who work at psychiatric wards and stuff like that. And and I started thinking about something. Because you know, we don't want to have much tolerance. We want people to hurry up and grow. Hurry up and change. Hurry and see changes. And we all want to see that. But you know, the Bible teaches us that it's also a progress over a period of time to change and mature. And you know, for example, it says, love bears all or puts up with a lot. You talk to somebody who works at a prison or a mental hospital. Do you know that when they see patients act up, they just think it's normal? You're a patient. You're in here. You're supposed to act up. They don't go, oh my God, the patient's acting up. What are we going to do? No, they just expect the patient's going to act up. Well, welcome to the body of Christ. Believers are going to act up, but let me tell you something really, really, really strong. When a patient does act up, and I'm not making fun of those people, I'm talking about us in here because ninety eight percent of people are not in the mental hospital, they're out. <laughs> so I'm talking about us today, okay? Let's all chill because we all have areas we're working on so, so 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 guess what? When a patient acts up, they're not surprised by it. But not only that, they're patient with the patients while they're acting up. They're patient with the patients while they're acting up. I mean, they're not trying to hold them against their, their own will. They're there because they want to help them. We're here because we want the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you know, we live in a crazy world. I just got a, a news clipping just the other day about an elderly lady who got out of the supermarket with her groceries and she was getting in her car. When she went got to her car, there was four guys in her car and she pulled out a big old gun and started a big old pistol and started hollering to the top of her lungs, get out or I'll shoot and I know how to shoot. And the four guys just got out and ran. Well, she sat... Yeah, wait, wait. So she sat down and when she calmed down, she couldn't get the keys in. And after a long time, she looked over and she saw some beer, a frisbee, and a football. And she said, this isn't my car. So she got out of her car. And her car was five more down. So she got all embarrassed. She put her groceries in in her car, drove down to the police station, went in there crying, all scared. And and, and the policeman said, what's the matter, Uh, What's the matter? And she goes, I just ran four guys off with my pistol because I thought they were robbing my car. And the policeman started laughing. He says, you see them four pale fellas? (laughs) They just came talking about a carjack of a lady who was less than five feet tall, full of gray hair, but the biggest gun they've ever seen in their life. And they're here to report a car theft. Well, they finally end up just laughing about it and letting them go. True story. How, how do you know? I mean, how many of you know we're living in a pretty crazy world? Did you hear about the taxi driver? He picked up a client. It was his first day on the job. So he picked up his client and the client told him where he wanted to go. So he's driving down the road and all of a sudden... The uh, person in the back seat taps him on the shoulder and he freaks out and goes on the sidewalk, goes up on the side, hits a pole and just come to a screeching halt. And the guy in the back seat says, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. He says, it's all right. You don't understand. Today's my first day on the job as a taxi driver. For years, I've been driving a hearse and I'm not used to somebody in the back seat touching. <laughs> So how many of you know, love puts up with a lot? Have you ever had to put up with a lot? Have you ever put up with a lot? Look at this. Here's the definition. And in your bulletin, I don't know if you noticed, we've made your bulletin to a questionnaire. And the question to the top there is, love bears all things. Love bears all things. And I want you to see something here. This is the definition. If you're taking notes... Love never gives up. It covers and protects. We're going to be touching on this today. It covers and protects. This is all the Greek in this one word, to bear. It means to cover. To bear up under all, to bear up under all things. To stand up under the weight of all things. Look what it says. Covers up the faults of others. It has no pleasure in exposing the wrong and weaknesses of other. Love bears up under anything that is thrown against it. Now, how many of you know we're getting there by faith in Jesus' name? But I want you to see. And the, the, this, what it shows here in the Greek is that love is holding up the weight Of what's trying to destroy it. Or what's coming against it. But at the same time. It's covering what is underneath it. I want to give you an example. In Argentina we we had three sisters who belonged to our church. And they they were raised without a father. And their mother was a strong uh, Bolivian lady. And they were strong-willed ladies. And uh, a witch was coming onto one of the sisters, Myrta. And uh, he was going to her house, bringing her roses laying hands on her and so said praying for her. So I went to her and I talked to her real gently. I said, sis, I want to warn you about this man. I said, you know, he just converted but I said, he has no reason to be around your house and you're by yourself and especially, the Bible says call for the elders of the church. He does not need to be laying hands upon you and praying for you or giving you flowers. And she got mad at me. She went and told her sisters that I said she was fooling around on her husband and I didn't say that. I was just warning her about this man. Well, the sisters got on the war path and one of them came met me, Marta, the other sister. It was Mirta and Marta and Rosa. And so Marta came met me and she uh, started telling me that they're leaving the church and the other sisters are leaving the church. And, and I was just sitting there listening and right across was her husband, Louis. And her husband had came to me about a year before and had stolen some money, about $75,000, had done some things he shouldn't have done. And confessed and opened his heart with me. And he told me all this. And while I'm sitting across from them. And they're both attacking me. I'm looking at him. I have an opportunity that if I'm going down. I could take him down with me. So while I am feeling the weight. Of everything they're throwing against me falsely. I have to decide whether I want to. While I'm doing this. To cover and to continue covering him because I told him, everything you've told me is going to the grave. I'll never tell your wife as, as like you've asked me to. And so I had to continue covering him while I had to hold up what they were doing against me. And you know, when I left, and even to this day, it's been over nine years, I haven't told the pastor I left in charge. I haven't told any of the elders. I never told anyone, even though they left the church. Now, their oldest son died. Every one of their daughters, uh, oldest daughters got pregnant. The hus- one of the husbands died. They lost their businesses. I mean, their life just went to total zero. And when we went back, they came and they gave us peace offerings and they apologized. And so there was, there was a, a reuniting there. But I had to make the decision whether you're attacking me, boy, honey, you want to know who's the bad guy here? Let me tell you about your husband. But Jesus said, You cover it while you're holding it up. And sometimes it's so hard to cover and hold up at the same time. But as Jesus hung upon the cross, He covered those who were crucifying Him. And yet He was holding back the wrath of God against mankind. He covered and He held back. Love bears all things. Now you may say, you know what? I can't bear a whole lot right now. I don't have a lot of that bearing in me right now. Well, good news. None of us have it like Christ, but we're growing there. And these messages and the teaching of the Word of God is to strengthen us, encourage us, and challenge us that the areas that we are weak, let the weak say, I am strong. And so God is teaching us here the importance of learning how to bear. Now we have some scriptures here, Ephesians 4 2 through 3. Bearing, there's that word bear, bearing with one another in love. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other. And Romans 15.1, the strong ought to bear the infirmities of who? The weak. And Galatians 6.2, bear one another burdens. So I believe God is really giving us a definition there. It says to support or sustain or to hold up. It even means in the Spanish Bible to suffer And in the Greek, it says to suffer torture. Have you ever felt inside when somebody is criticizing you or gossiping or lying about you or or slandering you? Do you ever feel like you're torturing me? My marriage is a torture. My job is a torture. My mother-in-law tortures me, or whatever it may be. It feels like you're in a torturing situation. And that's what that word bear means. It means to endure patiently. Also, we see it to carry, which is the Greek word bastasto. Say that with me, bastasto. It means to lift those who need strength. Look with me in Romans chapter 14. And I want to read something to you here. In Romans chapter 14. Verse 1. Romans 14, verse 1. It says, Receive. Everybody say it with me, receive. Okay, listen to what it says. Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he made this. And it goes into doctrine. I love the Living Bible. Listen to this. Or let me, let me read to you the message. Welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see the way you see it. Welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Even when it seems that you are strong on opinions but weak in faith department. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. How many know the church needs a little bit of this? Amen. Welcome with open arms, even those who don't share the same opinion you share. Look, there will be times you don't agree with me. There may be times I don't agree with you. But that is not going to separate us. Why? Love bears all things. You may have opinions on this, and, and we can agree to disagree. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it says we and then the weak. Oh, what are we going to do about these people, these type of people, this person, that person? It says, receive them. And don't jump on them just because they're not speaking, acting, or doing what they're supposed to do yet. Bear, it says, let the strong bear the infirmities or the strength or the weaknesses of others. Amen. Now, Romans chapter 14 speaks of a lot of weaknesses. I won't go over them. But I want to share a few weaknesses and in your point. What is a weakness? Do you know any overly needy people? Do you know anybody who's needy, needy, needy? We call them vampires. They suck the life out of you. I mean, they're the ones that call and leave a message on your cell phone, but the machine can't handle the whole message. So then they call back and they leave another message. And then they call back and they leave another message. The overly needy. And you think, what am I supposed to do with the over needy? They're the precious ones that come up to you. And they go, is everything okay? Did, did, did I upset you? Did I hurt you? Did I do something to offend you? Are you still my friend? Are you still going to pray for me? Are you, you, are you still going to come to church? Did I, did I do anything to offend you? Oh my God, uh, please, please, please don't stop being my friend. That's the overly needy. Lived under such a strong hand of maybe parents or boss. Or was told they're of no account. And so now they live on the opinion of others. Because they haven't established themselves on the opinion of God. And so it's important. Do you accept me? Do you love me? Do you think I'm okay? Am I alright? Am I too fat? Why did you tell me I've been eating too many Oreo cookies? They're overly needy. They're sensitive about everything. Is what I'm doing okay? Listen to this. Insecurities of men. Insecurities of childhood. Hey, did y'all ever have a wild coach? My When I was in second grade, I was in uh, softball. And I hit a, 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 a double, and I made it to second base, and they overthrew the ball, and they started hollering, run to third, run to third. But I kept looking at the coach, and he kept telling me run to third. But I saw the ball was right there, so I didn't know. So I stayed on second. Well, the next guy hit, and I ran to third. And that coach hollered at me at third base, Like my daddy never did. My daddy never hollered at me like that. Coach, it's second grade. Now listen, I I made it to third grade. He should have been happy. Third base. third. Yeah, yeah. I made it past third grade. I made it to third base. But I was in second grade and he was hollering. Did you ever see the sergeant getting Gomer Paul's face? I mean, I'm a little bitty boy. Where's my mama? But you know, here I am, 20 years old, and I still remember what happened to me when I was seven. I still remember that coach hollering at me in my face. And so, you know, these things happen to you, and you wonder, what's going on? The overly needy. I want to share a scripture with you. Jeremiah 17, 9. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. Do you know our own hearts can deceive us? Well, they don't like me there. I'm not accepted there. I'm not dressed up enough to go there. I don't, I don't drive the right car to go there. I mean, the heart is deceitful and we can live a life of lies and become overly needy or overly needy people come and attract or are attracted to us. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Listen to what it goes on to say. Who can understand it? Who can understand me? Can I find somebody who understands me? And listen, you'll never find, we'll never find nobody who can understand us like our God. Because how can somebody else understand me when I cannot understand myself? Listen, with needy people, you say, what do we do with needy people? We have to learn to put boundaries. The Bible says that Jesus would get up early in the morning, go to the mountain and pray. And it says in the book of Mark chapter 6, I think it was, that the disciples went to Jesus and says, the multitudes are looking for you. He said, I've got to spend time with my Father. You've got to spend boundaries. Because let me just give you one simple example that I'm going to go to the next point. How many you have ever rode on an airplane? How, how, many, how many have seen people riding on airplanes on TV? How many have ever seen those little yellow masks come down? What, what do they tell you about the little yellow mask? Put yours on first, so then you can help put somebody else's on. Pow! Because if you put somebody else's on, you might pass out, and what good are you then? Well, that's how it works with overly needy people. If you're not, if you don't have your oxygen from the Holy Spirit and the Word of God on, You're going to pass out, lose patience, get mad, quit or something else because the overly needy will always have the overly needy with us. But praise God that God can says, let the strong help with the weaknesses of others. And you may say, I'm an overly needy person. Well, we love you and we're here for you and we're going to help you. But in one way that you help the overly needy is that sometimes it's not what you think you need. And it's not what you think you want. Oh, I I want a a flat-screen TV. Well, do you still have a TV? Yeah, but i got to have a flat-screen TV. Why? Because my brother-in-law has one. That don't mean you need it. Sometimes you can't rescue people to give them a chance to depend upon God. There's so much tendencies of becoming codependent. And God wants us to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Amen. Do you still love me today? Okay, I get the next one. Overly needed people. The next one, you can fill in your blanks. Drama queens and drama kings. And they're not the same person. Okay? Drama queens and drama kings. Now, have you ever known anybody who can just blow everything out of proportion? You know what the Bible says to do? Don't criticize them. Don't talk about them. Love them and accept them. I know they, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what's the matter? It's just, I found a tick on little Fifi's face today. What am I going to do? I mean, everything is blown out of proportion. What am I going to do? Everything is just a drama. You know what you do? You love them. You hear about the tick in little Fifi and you tell them, put some kerosene on it. Get some pliers and pull. The tick off. Don't tell them pull the ear off. Just pull the tick off. But everything becomes a drama. But that is just some of the things that happen. Can you guess what happened to me? Gehazi told Elisha, Oh my God, look, all the enemies all around us. He says, chill. There are more with us than those who are with them. And the Spirit of God is saying, chill. How about another one? Number three. Y'all know any blabbers? Blabbers. You know... It's not only those who don't ever shut up. It's not just those who don't shut up. You know what? Who also is a blabber? Those who can talk trash. They say that Winston Churchill and a a, a queen did not get along during World War II. And they ran into each other in the elevator and Winston Churchill had been drinking a little bit. So they're in the elevator and and the Lady Astor said, Ah, look at you. You're drunk. And he says, Yeah, but you ugly. And I'm going to be sober in the morning. I'll be sober in the morning. Now that's trash talk. That's Babbers. Another time, Winston Churchill and Lady Astor were sitting at the table. You know, they had to be together a lot. And she looked over him and says, If I was your wife, I'd put poison in your tea. He said, If I was your husband, I'd drink it. (laughs) Babbers. Just complaining. All the time. Hey. <laughs> you gotta love them. I'm not teasing them. Am I? God knows my heart. I'm not, I, I, I'm just, okay. you know, I, okay, I'm talking about me. I'm a babber. Okay. Listen. A babber. You ever talk to somebody? They don't ever say me or I. They call themselves by their name. John was feeling led of the Lord that for John to go to Kmart. Okay, who's John? Well, I'm John. Well, why don't you say the Lord told me? And then, you know, you know, they just go on and on and they always talk about the person in the third person. Well, sometimes they just do that. You know another babber? Someone who just... Uh, <laughs> love to talk to you about people you don't know, but talk to you like you know them. You know, Sally, Sally met Meg the other day and they went to the store. Okay, who's Sally and Meg? Well, they're the ones who live over there in Edgewood. Okay. Anyway, Sally and Meg and they went over there and they met Jonah. And Jonna was telling them about this and just telling them about all kinds of people. I don't know these people. But you know what? It's okay. They must know them. So love bears all. Amen. So you just let them talk. And many times... The reason somebody talks a lot is because their past is tormenting them. They're trying to find acceptance. It could be temperament. There are so many things that get into these areas. We as the church have to understand, we love them as they are. We love each other as we are. Nobody's perfect. Nobody, nobody's exempt from problems in our emotions or our mind or things that we've been through. So that's why God is working on us, that we bear with one another. Let me show you another one. Here's another one. Controllers. Do y'all know any controllers? They're the ones who manipulate. Did y'all hear about Peter? It was Peter's turn at the gate to tell who everybody to come in and not. And so they had two lines and they had one sign that said, hen husbands only. And that line was as long far as you could see. Everybody was standing in the line. On the other side, none henpicked. picked And there was one man standing there. So the guys over here hollered, Hey, you! You know you're lying. You know you were henpicked." He says, All I know is my wife told me to stand here and shut up. <laughs> Controlling. Manipulating. You know what a lot of times... You know what a lot of times the root... And, and you see... We find ourselves in these examples, not you, but the people listening by tape. (laughs) A lot of times, people manipulate because they feel somebody owes them. I've been through a lot of pain in my life. Somebody owes me. Somebody's got to pay me back for what I've been through. And so there's the manipulation and all the different things that seem to go on. How many of you know that... Herod was with his brother in law's wife, and she couldn't stand John the Baptist, so she says, We got to get his head. So she got her daughter, and they did the dance of manipulation and brought John Baptist to the prison and had him beheaded. I want you to look at me an example in Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16. Love bears all things. Doesn't doesn't marry somebody else. Doesn't look for somebody else. It doesn't change churches. (laughs) Because you're going to find same type of people everywhere you go because people are people and Jesus knows that. So you may as well stay here with a crazy pastor. Now look at this. Judges chapter 16 verse 15. I love the living Bible. And Delilah pouted. I know nobody here pouts. But when Samson didn't want to tell her where his strength was, it says, And Delilah pouted, pouted, How can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? Then she says, You've made made fun of me all this time. And verse 16 says, She tormented him with her nagging. None of you men say amen. Don't. Don't. I will, you will not be able to bear what will come upon you. <laughs> she tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. Manipulation. The message translation. She kept at it day after day, nagging and tormenting him, nagging and tormenting him until finally he was fed up. He couldn't take it anymore. Not another minute. And he spilled it out. Manipulation. If you don't change, I'll never, I'm leaving you. If you don't tell me you're sorry, I'm hanging up on you. You know what? I'll just walk away from this manipulation. Threats. Threats. Maybe you've operated in manipulation, or maybe someone you know has operated in an area of manipulation we've got to forgive them and just believe that we're delivered from that, renounce that and let it go. Manipulation is people trying to push you beyond what you know you're supposed to do. How many of you know not one of us is a doormat? Amen. Not one of us is a doormat. We're not for somebody else to wipe their feet on. We're to love them and bless them and help them, but they cannot make you do what you know in your heart you're not supposed to do. Amen? Can, i, I got to go back to babblers i just got to get on this cuz I, I tell you what i love to ha- i love to shoot cell phones a babbler Men, when you're out with your wives on a date and you decide you're going to text you're a babbler you don't need to be texting while you're out with your wife at the dinner table in fact i don't want, i don't have cell phones even the kids can't have their cell phones at the table that's the time family time to eat Amen. So I just wanted to go back. Now, let me go back to the next one. Oh, Lord. Critical people. Huh? You know what a lot of people say? This is what you tell them when they tell you this. I ain't going to church. Church is just full of a bunch of hypocrites. You just tell them, well, we got room for more. We're building a bigger parking lot. Just come join them. You know? <laughs> come on. Yeah, we admit it. Most critical people are critical because the truth is, and this is why we got to bear and love, because they're critical about themselves. Critical people don't like themselves. They've been told they're losers. They've been told they'll never make it. They've been knocked down so many times. And so instead of criticizing themselves, it makes them feel better to criticize others. It makes them feel more important. and makes them feel more special. And church, let me use a word for us. It makes a lot of people feel more spiritual. makes a lot of church people feel more spiritual when I can criticize another Christian, another preacher, another church, something I saw, something I heard. And it's so easy to get a critical spirit by just saying what we think without wondering does it give any praise or glory or virtue to Jesus or the hearers. Having a critical spirit and always criticizing and feeling free that we can be critical, even over spiritual things. And the reality is we're most miserable. Maybe we've had critical parents and we couldn't live up to their standards. So it was always trying to please them when we feel like we couldn't. So it affects every part of us and nickpicking And you see on the sitcoms, you see uh, like Everybody Loves Raymond and King of Queens and all these different ones. You know, they're always critical. You know, they've learned finally not to say to their wives, hey, you're fat. They just say, wouldn't you feel better if you would just lose about 15 pounds? just critical and and hurting and saying things. How many of you know, what do you do with critical people? You do not fight back. You do not fight with critical people. The Bible says, love suffers longs and supports them. How many times when we get with critical people, we want to withdraw from them? We want to hide. We want to stay away from them. When, I tell you what, there is an anointing and a presence of God within each and every one of us that could cause that critical spirit. You could just pray under your breath and say, Lord, I bless my precious brother and my precious sister, and I ask You to deliver them and break that critical spirit off of them. And Lord, we want to give honor and praise, and we want to bless who You bless and not curse. You don't have to rebuke them. You don't have to tell them a word. You pray in your spirit that the atmosphere, and you, you can change the atmosphere by praying in your heart for God just to break that critical spirit. Critical people are easily distracted and lose focus. I want to show a, a video right quick. I'm sure you're going to know it, but I want to show you an example of a critical spirit here and how you can handle it. William, yes. Hi. Oh,
1: great. Thank you. You doing great? Great to see you guys. Well, thank you. It's great. for us to be seeing uh, you. am Paula. William, why are you here? I'm here to, um, to sing to America. <coughs> to what? sing to America. Well, okay, all right, I let's have it again. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for an opportunity to sing to America. Because you think you could be the next American idol. Absolutely. Oh, why? Because I'm singing from my heart. Aww. I'm I, I may not be the best singer uh, um, around the world, but I know that I, I'm singing from my heart, and I, I put every bit of energy into it. Really? Yes. Robin, what's your last name? Hung, H-U-N-G. Home. Yes. Do you have brothers and sisters? No, I don't. I'm the only child. You're the only child? Yes. Do your parents tell you you have a great voice? Um, um no. They don't realize that, actually. They mm. don't realize it that? No, my parents, no because my, um, when I was young, my parents uh, liked to sing karaoke. I was there with them and sing with them as, um, as a hobby. And oh. what do they do when you sing with them? Um, what do I do? What do, what they, do they do? What do they do when I sing with them? Um, they thought I'm okay. They thought they, thought, they thought I have I have some I have a chance of you know making it to the next level. Great. Are yeah. they are they excited for you that you're here? Um, they actually, uh, they, would, they would not like it uh, if they hear um, that, you know, I'm missing school to two days in a row. So they oh. wouldn't like it if you got through? Huh? They wouldn't be happy if you got through. No, they wouldn't be happy if I go through. Okay. They, wouldn't I go through. Okay. they wouldn't be happy if I don't go through. As you school. Yeah, that's a big sacrifice. Okay. I, I, right. I like I love thinking. I love singing. I prefer thinking a lot over a lot of right, uh, normal activities. What are you going to say? I would like to sing, Mickey Martin, she banks. I don't, I don't all Okay. All right, let's go. All right. Talk to me. Tell me your name. You blow me off like it's all the same. You made it feels that I'm taking away like a bomb. Yeah, baby. Talk to me. Tell me your side. You're switching sides like a Gemini. You're playing games and now you're hitting my heart like a drum. Yeah, baby. Well, if Lady Luck gets on my side, we can unwrap this town alive. I'll let her rub me up till she knocks me out. She walks like she talks and she talks like she walks. She bangs, she bangs. Oh, baby, when she moves, she moves. I go crazy because she looks like a flower, but she stays like a bee. Like every girl in history. She bathed! She bathed! I'm wasted by the way Thank you. Well, William, you did put everything that you had into that. You did, and I love that. I love that you did that. I didn't. <laughs> I do. I mean, I love that you put everything you had into it. Well, I didn't. Uh, William, I didn't. it's one of actually the worst auditions we've had this year, if I'm being honest. Uh. Seriously. but <laughs> I mean, everything about it was grotesque. Oh, stop oh, it. Good it was. Come stop on. it. You can't sing. You can't dance. So what do you want me to say? Um, I already gave my best, and there's, I have no regrets at all. Good for you. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's, good. that's good. That's good. That's the best I've ever yeah. All right, sir. Yes or no? No, well, you mean uh, you're not good enough for this, dude. But at least you came here. You had a good time. You had yep. fun, right? Yes. We Did have, your thing, and we had fun watching you. Okay. Thank you so much for coming down. Go and do some William. Go and do some homework. Okay. And we won't tell your parents that you missed today's school. Yeah. and no, no, you know I have no professional training of singing. No. Well. <laughs> <laughs> the best surprise of the century. Oh, <laughs> William, you're the best. You're the best. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, William. Well, thank you
0: William. Thank you, William. But on a right.
1: more serious note, you're not serious about this, are you? You're yes, yes. As, as, as I am. I missed two days of school for this. That's right. And I worked a lot, but I worked very hard for this. So that's right. I already gave my best, I believe, at okay. this point. Okay. okay. I can do better. I know that. That's that's for sure. Thank okay, you well, so leave. much, William. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Now I know you're wondering why did you show that? How many of you know we can be Simon, or we can be Paul Abdul? Because listen, they turned. You heard what they ended up telling this young man. But this young man walked out of there, and immediately signed a contract with another company for twenty-five thousand dollars to make a CD. He ended up making four CDs. In fact, I let my family listen to his Christmas CD. He's made some movies. He's been on talk shows. He even played the wedding singer for George Lopez. And he's done other movies, even in China and America. Now, if he would have just said, they're telling the truth. I don't have any talent. I may as well give up. He would have just gave up and he never would have did it. But you know what he says on his own web page? I want to encourage you to pursue your dreams, persevere, and to work hard at what you are passionate about. Then you will be living a life without regrets. Huh? I mean, don't you want to take him home with you? He, he, got his, he went back to college, he did these movies, and he was told... No hope. But you ought to hear all the songs he does. YMCA and all kind of other (laughs) things. But listen, the thing about it is, is that he didn't quit because somebody was critical and told him, you have no talent. You have no gifts. You can't do anything for God. You got too bad of a pass. You'll never accomplish anything. Do you know... It's in the hard times, in the critical times, when people are being critical and saying, well, you are just reaping what you've done in the past and that's why your life is like it is. It's in those hard times that God is making somebody out of you that you don't even know what's going on. You know, we came came back to America and and my wife was uh, having another baby and I couldn't get any place to preach. I had to start delivering pizzas. But you know what I found out about delivering pizzas? King David started out a pizza delivery boy. He delivered bread and cheeses to his brother. And so, if King David had his beginning with pizza, look at Cece's coming down the road. It's in the critical times. When you feel like people are being critical and they're mistreating you, something is getting ready to happen. How many of you remember the movie Karate Kid? The little boy kept being beat up and his mom was a single mom and it just seemed like it was horrible. And so he finds this oriental man who took the bicycle out and fixed it. And he says, I'm going to teach you karate. And so he goes to his house he thinks he's going to start learning karate. And what does the uh, elderly man tell him to do? The karate master tell him to do? Wash... And wax the cars. So he does it all day long. Come back tomorrow, I'll give you another lesson. He gives him a paintbrush. He has to paint the whole backyard. He comes back the next day, he has to sand all the deck, all over the yard. Then he has to paint it all over again. And he comes back, I'm just so tired. I'm tired of this. I quit. And what happens? The master gives him one of the cars of his choice. So he gets a car. He gets the rich girl. And he goes, yeah, but why? you just been using me as your slave. And the guy says, oh, yeah. And when he goes to throw a punch, he remembered wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. So when somebody's trying to be critical to you, and somebody's trying to put you down, yeah, that's what you got to do. Don't let them pull you down. They can be critical all they want to. Uh-uh, baby. Wax on, wax off. Hey, Amen. You've got to dismiss it. You've got to let it go. Let me give you the other uh, answers. It says here, we need compassion. His love, there's your next blank. His love is the antidote for all poisons. Antidote for all poisons. Criticalness, hurt, pain, or poisons. First Peter 4-8. Love, here's your next blank. Covers. Say that with me. Covers. Remembers. It's covering while it's upholding what's coming against it. Covers a multitude of sins. The next blank. Love puts a veil to cover the wrong of others. Remember, Noah's sons walked backwards and covered their dad's nudity. And then the next one says, to bear or to uphold what's on top and cover what's underneath. Quickly, it says here, 1 Peter 4, 8, Love covers a multitude of sins. Colossians 2, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember, you have to please God not man. Verse 24 says, Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Now, I want to show you this as I end here. I want you to see something here. You can see in Matthew 16, it says, Blessed are you, Simon, which means shaky pebble, in verse 18, because you are Peter. Remember, I showed you the picture of Peter last week, the rock. Simon... I wanted to show you, but I didn't have time this morning. I found a picture of Simon. It's Barney 5. It means a shaky rock. Peter means a rock. Now watch this. It talks about love bears all things. Let me show you this. Second Peter 1 1. Isn't it something that in his last letter, Simon Peter, he, he puts his name, Simon Peter. He puts his name shaky weak rock. You know what he was saying? I'm running the race, but I'm not always strong and established like the rock. Sometimes my old nature, Simon, shows. Sometimes that rocky nature comes out. Sometimes I mess up. And, you know, as we, re- we saw last week, Peter messed up, but Jesus said we can't finish the book of John until we go after Peter because I want to show the restoration of Peter. Listen, we all have the Simon side and we all have the Peter side. And that's why we have to bear with one another because we're not going to be a rock every day. We're not going to be perfect and established and strong every time we come to church. Sometimes when we talk to one another, we're going to put our foots in our mouth. Sometimes we're going to say things we shouldn't. Sometimes we're going to offend. Sometimes we're going to blab. Sometimes the, the, the Simon side is going to come out. But then there's other times the rock side is going to come out the question and the, and, the, and the thing that the Spirit of God is wanting us to know. We've got to be bare with one another, long-suffering with one another as Christ bear, bore with us and He bears with us and He covers us and He doesn't put us down and saying, I'll never give you another chance. And going back to, to that part, Jesus called him the rock and then we see here in verse 23, uh, well, we see in verse 22, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Jesus told him, I'm getting ready to be crucified. And Peter's rebuking him after he was called the rock. And verse 23, and he turned aside and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And I want to end with this, this in another translation. Another translation says, you can only see it from man's point of view. You can't see it from mine. And that's how we bear. If you didn't get anything else, get this. This is how we are long-suffering and bear with one another. We cannot judge somebody by a human point of view. We can't get upset with them or withdraw from them or whatever we do when somebody's just not exactly like we want or what we think they ought to be. Uh Uh-uh. We can't see people through our human point of view. We've got to see God's children out of God's point of view. That He loves them. and He gave His life for them. And He said, there's now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So I want to encourage you today as we've been studying this Scripture, love bears all things. It holds up. I want to just encourage you. We are getting, we are growing stronger because you know what? This church is going to continue to grow. And it's going to grow with all kinds of people and all kinds of different types of people. And it's going to grow with strong people. It's going to grow with weak people. But the thing about it is, is they're all God's people. And God wants to do a work in all of them. And God wants to do a work with us. And let me tell you this, as we're talking about being long-suffering with one another, You've also got to be long-suffering with yourself. Right. We can be our own worst critic. Man, I'm messed up again. I'm just, I'm just, you know what? I'm going to get to church after the worship starts and I'm going to leave at 5 to 12 before anybody leaves. That way I don't have an opportunity to mess up again. Every church I go to, I mess up and people end up not liking me. Every time people get to like me, they reject me because I'm, I end up saying something I, I shouldn't say. Or I did this, I did that, and I just I just hate myself. And the devil just keeps throwing more and more fuel to that, more and more fuel to that. And the Father's his Spirit's weeping over that, saying, I cannot reject you. I will not reject you. I love you with an everlasting love. So no matter if it's an apparent, or a friend, or a loved one, or anyone else who's hurt you, used you, belittled you? Or there's somebody that you say, I don't know if I can take it anymore. I want you just to bow your head right now. Just bow.